This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday, May 17th edition of Invest Talk. And you know I'm dedicated to helping you succeed as an investor and to manage your money. You have to be a, the guy in charge or guy or gal in charge of your money. You are in charge. No matter who you hire, what funds you buy, it doesn't matter. You're in charge of your money. And yes, we'll talk about uh, investing approaches to help you grow that money. Even more important is to learn strategies to protect your money. You know, there's one thing to grow it, but you also got to protect it, especially as you get older and older and older, it becomes more and more important. And those who are older know what I'm talking about. Young people don't. They don't need to worry about that. Older people need to worry about protecting the money. Now, with the market being, I think this is going to be a continuous choppy year. And that's just the way it's going to be. Is it pretty important to keep a watch list of stocks you wish to own at the right price? Because the market is choppy. It's going to give you some opportunities. And I want to point out some important criteria that should help you weed through these strong names and find the ones with good value and staying power. I can help you with that. Okay, but before we get into any of that kind of stuff, let's first go to and take a look at some calls. Take some calls here. Maybe you've got a question or possibly you want me to define or refine an investing term. You set the course to the show. Call in with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Here's one that came in before today's program. Hi, my name is Gavin from Napa. Um, so I had a quick question with regards to kind of getting started with uh, beginning investing, and um, I'm looking to open IRAs for both my wife and I. We're both 30 years old, and the question I had was, I also want to get into the individual stocks and ETFs. But what's your opinion on maxing out your both your 403b at work and your IRAs before investing in ETFs and things like that, or should you do a combination of both? Or should you, again, just kind of focus on maxing out your retirement accounts before you start getting into ETFs and things like that? Anyways, looking forward to your answer. Thanks. Okay. Uh, you might be a little confused because maxing out a retirement account, either 403B, 401K, 457, whatever they are, or maxing out an IRA has nothing to do with, uh, with the type of investment you're going to put into it. That's what the ETFs you're talking about. So it's not one or the other. It's max out your 401k, 403b, or whatever you have, especially if they, uh, if your employer contributes or matches your funds that you put in. And if you can, of course you want to open up an IRA. Then once you have those open, you then buy things from there or inside it. Now, maybe those things you can buy in a 403B might be limited to mutual funds that they offer. That might be so. In an IRA, though, you have unlimited choice. You can buy whatever you want. ETS, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever you want. As, a, as you're starting out, I would suggest you do use ETS and you use indexing until you learn more and more about how to pick stocks. You know, yeah, you can buy a stock here and there because you think it looks good or you like it or you like what you heard about but what you hear about it but that's just throwing a dart at a dartboard you don't really know how to analyze it 
So that takes a little time you got, and, and knowledge to learn how to analyze a stock and say, okay, that's a good one I want to own. Now, of course, you could say, well, I'm just going to uh, own some of the big blue chip stump companies. Well, you could say that, but that means, uh, would does that mean you would have bought GE when it was $30 a share a year or so ago? Now it was what, $15, $18 a share? What got cut in half? See, so you want to know, even if they're big blue chip stocks, you want to know what their prospects are. But just remember, yeah, you want to max out your retirement savings because you get that's, those are great tax deductible for you, tax deduction. Okay, so welcome to the Thursday edition, everybody. I really appreciate you being with me. Uh, you know, we talked about putting together watch lists as you go about building a list of stocks. It's kind of important to keep that criteria straight in your mind. Make sure your choices measure up. First, I want you to look at return on equity. This is a good measurement of the company's returns, the company's returns, not how much you're going to make because the stock goes up. The company, its own returns. We like to see that the company's return on equity is around, you know, 17% or higher. That's what I like to see, that kind of number. Return on, S, return on assets. This is the core value driver behind return on equity. Now, companies with a strong ROA, return on assets, are more likely to maintain profitability through hard times. Banks and other, and other highly indebted companies can see quick profit drops in a poor economy. When someone uses leverage, when a company uses leverage, that means borrowing. Profits in a bad time disappear, disappear quick. Growth. You want growth. Even if you've got a big blue chip company, you want some growth. Some. Now, don't have to have it if the dividend's high enough and you're just concerned or happy with the dividend. But, you know, you want to see a history of some growth on the company. It just is it's comforting because it helps sustain and make the price of the stock go higher. And finally, you look for a steady business model. Many times, um, Morningstar calls it a moat. You want a company that has a good moat around it. In other words, the competition is hard to, it's, you like a company that's not so easy that the competition can take market share away from the, your company. So these are many, some of the things you need to think about. Now, do you have questions about any of the, these, uh, any of the current markers? These markers I just mentioned, do you have any questions about them? You can get in touch. Use our 24-hour listen line, 888-99-CHART. Jeff Freeze over at MarketWatch.com has a, a, a definite opinion regarding the likelihood of a housing bubble. He says there is no bubble. But in the wake of 2008 financial crisis, many Americans lost faith in the idea of a house as an investment. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to examine that question, and that's going to be our main talking point. Seven reasons to buy a house now. Hmm. Okay, also... Uh, related to that, I want to talk about mortgages, mortgage rates. Have you seen what it's been doing lately? And also, which, which you know, there's like four major big blue chip companies that are marching toward $1 trillion valuation. Do you know who they are? Should you be buying them? Should you own them? And the LEI, LEI was reported today, LEI, Leading Economic Indicators. And also industrial production. I want to talk about both those sets of numbers. I think they're very um, in, 
in, in informative. The market was down. The Dow down 55, the Nasdaq down 16, and the S&P down 2 today. So a little bit of weakness. It wasn't down all day. It was up part of the day, and I, I'm thinking most of the day. And it got choppy after the first few hours, starting to show some weakness. And then it just ended up being low, down. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Justin Klein and I are going to introduce you to an essential tool that we use every day. What is that tool? We use this every day for buy and sell decisions. It's going to be on our webinar, and I hope you can do it. It's going to talk about fundamental analysis and technical analysis. We're going to explain how that works. It's free. Free. May 30th, 6 o'clock. Is it 6 o'clock? Yeah, 6 o'clock. All you have to do is register at investtalk.com. Let's get back to Invest Talk now, and why not ask your money question? Our Invest Talk number, 888 99Chart. We're ready for your question right now. Hi, uh, I am looking at stock LNC and just wanted to see if uh, you thought it was a, a good stock and a good valuation right now. And so, what would be a good price maybe to, to get into it? That would be great. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, LNG, Chenery Energy, Inc. Uh, operates the Sabine Pass LNG Receiving Terminal. Liquefied Natural Gas is what that stands for, LNG. Liquefied Natural Gas Receiving Terminal through its 56% interest in Chenery Energy Partners. Okay, so that's what it does. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, that's what it does. Computers, sometimes they drive me nuts. They decide to do things you didn't ask it to do. Uh, they haven't made money for years and years and years. Now, this year is going to be the first year they're going to make money. They're going to make a dollar seventy-six a share from losing a dollar sixty-eight a share last year. And then next year, they're going to earn $2.22 a share. Okay, so you would think, finally, yeah, because they've been growing their sales great. Really strong growth in sales, but they just never were able to turn a profit until this year. So, it's a $62 stock, going to make $2.22. What is that, about a 30 PE? 30 is not cheap. Uh, I, 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 I would not buy it. I, I, I would not buy it. They're just now making money. Um, I, I like the liquefied natural gas area, but they're just now making money, and they have no really long-term history of it. They have no history of paying a dividend. They don't have, you know, they don't have, they don't have the numbers for me to make me feel like you should be buying this. Now it's fall, it's gone from 41 in August up to 62. Um, it's all on the hope that it's going to make more and more and more money. Yeah, it, finally, its sales have been growing very well, but I think you're a little too late. You you wanted to pick this up when it was much much cheaper, so I, I would stay away from it. LNG. Okay. 888-99-CHART. Okay. No bubbles. Seven reasons why you still, it's still a great time to buy a house. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a great time to buy a house, but I don't think it's a bad time. I don't. And you got to remember, when the bubble builds, most people don't even know it's a bubble. 
it's very hard to recognize that you're in a bubble. Now, bubbles, bubbles come and go, okay? But they're not that common. They're just not. And why should you buy a house? Well, they're still, the prices are still pretty good. Mortgage rates are not out of line, even though they're rising. Uh, for, if you adjust for inflation, prices are still well below the peaks that they made back in the, the financial crisis peak. Uh, inventories and you know inventories are hard or, or low, and new construction has not come even close near what it was back in the peak. So supply is is pretty still pretty tough. So there's not like a tremendous amount of supply out there. Um, and the economy is doing really good. So that, you know, your job is pretty secure. And then you only get, you know, the last write-off is your mortgage, right? The last write-off. Even though here in California, they, they, they you know, with a new law, the new law that the federal government passed uh, concerning uh, uh, taxes, it limited us because our house values are so high, so and so is our mortgages, that the limit of what was it, ten thousand dollars, kind of hurt us, of a write-off on your mortgage. So, uh, but there are really good reasons to own a house. It's a good store of value. You know, uh, you got to live somewhere. Would you rather rent or rather own? I think you should rather rent. I don't think anywhere. I don't think we're. I don't think we're near the peak of a house, housing market. I don't think we're near the peak yet. Don't be shy. If you're just joining us for the first time, we love beginner questions. We're here to help you. We can help you get all the answers right here on the show. Our number is 888-99-CHART. Let's get back to Invest Talk, made possible each day by KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. That's more than an empty slogan because KPP principals do invest in their own programs. To learn more about the variety of KPP investment programs, go to investtalk.com, click on the Investments tab. Now let's hear your question. 888-99-CHART is our Invest Talk number. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Cherie and Sam Mateo. How are you doing, Cherie? I'm doing good, Steve. So I have a question on uh, our what's your take on uh, SYMG. SYMG? MC, Semantic. Uh, oh, okay. Well, and I have one more question as well. Uh, another, uh, can you give me uh, our, a description of what is a IRA account? What it is. Sure. Uh, okay, that's an individual retirement account. That's what it stands for, IRA. And everybody or anybody who has a job can open up an IRA and put up to $5,000, open up an IRA and put up to $5,000 inside it. Then what that means is that $5,000 that you put in it, you get to deduct that from your taxes for that year, $5,000. And all the money that grows from then on uh, tax-free 
until you are retired at retirement age. Then when you pull it out, you have to now declare that as income and add it to your adjusted gross income when you retire. Hopefully, you're in a much lower tax bracket at that time. A Roth IRA has the same limit of $5,000 a year, but you don't get to deduct that from your taxes this year. But the benefit of a Roth IRA, as it grows over all the years, and then you start taking out of retirement, you never have to pay taxes on any of that growth as you take it out. You never have to pay taxes again, ever. That's the benefit of a Roth. Okay? So that's what an yeah. IRA. Is that clear, Cherie? Okay. Yeah. Symantec. Symantec Corp. Uh, develops uh, internet and network security, storage and systems management applications for consumers and enterprises. It's been growing sales 10 to 20% every quarter for the last almost almost two years, not quite. Uh, it, it made, it's been making money forever. It's going to make $1.69 this year from $1.18 last year. But it's then going to only make $1.56 next year. So it's going to go down 8%, then recover in 2020, like that's what it says. Uh, because of that fall, it looks like the stock you know, got hurt a little bit. Uh, let's see. Now I, I need a chart. S M Y C. Do you think it's the right buy it? I think it's at a pretty good price because it fell sharply, right? From twenty-eight dollars down to what twenty, and today it's now recovered to twenty-two. So it's starting to recover a little bit. I'd have to look at the earnings report. I'm sure that's why it fell sharply. Was the earnings report? Did you did you see that, Cherie? The earnings report. Um, and now it's at a very reasonable price. With you know, when, it's a twenty-two dollar stock, going to make a dollar seventy-seven in two thousand twenty. So that means the stock is going to be, you know, pretty reasonable uh, uh, by uh, as far as the price. Has a very good return on equity, twenty-six percent, high cash flow. A little negative on the debt. They have a, a more debt than I feel. I'd have to take a closer look at it. Um, but I do think it's at a reasonable price. Uh, I'd have to look at it to see what, why they have so much debt and what was wrong with the earnings. Why did they have a bad earnings report? Was that a one-time thing or was it gonna, is it ongoing? That's Symantec, S-Y-M-C. Let's go to Mike in San Jose. How you doing, Mike? Good, thank you, Steve. I was wondering if you can take a look at R-E-G-N and give me your opinion, please. R-E-G-N? Right. Okay, and that's Regeneron Pharmaceuticals? Yes, yes. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, develops drug to treat eye diseases, inflammatory diseases, and cancer. It's a pretty big company, $33 billion company. Growing pretty decently, 15% uh, the most recent quarter, this March quarter. Before that was growing 20 and... 23, 29% per cent. Let's talk about sales here. Earnings are doing, uh, it's a $308 stock. It's going to make $21.01 next year. So that's a, what, a 15 PE or so? About a 15 PE. And the five year range is 16 to 73. So it's at its low. Unfortunately, you see that the stock has been falling, falling, falling ever since last August. <coughs> Excuse me. So what we're trying to figure out. Is it a good value? 
it looks like a pretty good value. Is this a bottom? Did it put in the bottom at about 285 or so? And it looks like it had a good earnings report most recently. So, yeah, this this is the area you want to start thinking about buying this, Mike. Okay? Um, I might wait till it breaks above. I might wait till it breaks above the 50-day moving average, which is $3.19. It's like $10 more or so. I would feel more comfortable with that because it has never broken above that 50-day moving average in ever since August. So that might give you a better idea that it's finally hit a bottom. Appreciate the call. And if it double tests, if it doubled the hit a bottom around 285, it goes back and touches 285 and bounces off, that's a double bottom. That's a good, good, solid support area that you could buy if it does that. Good luck with it. Thanks, Mike. So what's coming up on our next Invest Talk? It's a fact. Companies are borrowing to stay competitive. Borrowing to stay competitive. To add cash, to, to be added to cash flow, to reduce stress, financial stress. Trouble ahead in the energy stocks, maybe. That's, that's going to be our next Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Our podcast continues, but first, a reminder about our upcoming webinar. Invest Talk host Steve Peasley says, without using fundamental and technical analysis, you're wearing a blindfold. With it, you have a valuable tool. You can look under the hood, revenues, income. See the company's management structure, the strength of their business. Learn to transform technical data and pricing trends into an actionable trading strategy. Technical analysis doesn't tell you whether or not to buy a stock but it can tell you when to buy. Fundamental and technical analysis. Now, we don't promise in an hour you're going to be a master, but at least we'll get you familiar with what to look at, what to consider, what to do more homework on. Using fundamental and technical analysis to take your investing to the next level. And help you understand how to use two of the most powerful analysis tools that investors have. Register now on investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two T's, investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab. You've discovered a potentially profitable way to spend your time right here with Invest Talk. And we invite you to call in now or anytime with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888 chart 888-992-4278. Mortgage rates have reached a seven-year high. We talked about housing and whether you should buy a house earlier in the show. Well, mortgage rates are a seven-year high. 30-year fixed mortgage is 4.61% last week. Now, of course, the 10-year treasury is also at a high, so they've been kind of lockstep together going up. Um, but that's okay. It helps with the, uh, it helps with the yield spread which helps tell us that the mar the market and the economy is still doing pretty good. Still, 4.61% uh, is still way below the long-term average of 30-year fixed mortgage. Most experts feel that when it hits 5%, that's when it'll start affecting housing, sales of houses. So I think it's going to have a hard time breaching 5%, even, even with the Federal Reserve raising rates. I think it's going to have a hard time getting above it. Um, but 
that, and it's only going to be a mental barrier, you know, as far as, oh, it's a 5%, it's higher than 5, oh my goodness. Now, I want you to know in history, my first house, I, I would have killed for 5%. My first house, I paid 12 and a quarter for a 30-year fixed. 12 and a quarter percent for 30 years. That was my first house I bought. So, that tells you where it's come from. Okay, it, and it went all the way down to what, 3%, 3 and a quarter percent, 3 and a half percent, something like 3 to 3, 3 to 3 to 3 and a half. And now it's slowly eking its back, way back up. Now, how long did it take go from 12% down to 3 and a half percent? 30 years plus, maybe more, that long. So, and that was the days when inflation was way out of control at 12 and a quarter percent. So, mortgage rates, interest rates, move glacially. Sometimes they can spike up or down, but in general, they you know, long-term rates move very, very slow. And we have seen the bottom of the cycle. And actually, the interest rate cycle is about 30 years. Very long. So don't expect mortgage rates to get cheaper in the future. They won't. Not for years and years. I don't think so. Now, could it go back down to 4% from 4.6? Yes. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about long-term, the, the pressure is going to be higher, not lower on interest rates. Higher. And I think we all just need to get used to that idea. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I'm going to talk about, before the end of the show, more economic statistics are reported out this week because we had quite a bit reported. I felt I felt quite a bit of important statistics being reported this week that I want to share. And I also want to talk about the four largest market cap stocks. Which one of these four will be the first trillion dollars market cap? Market cap is the size of the company. Do you know how you calculate market cap? I'll let you know. Let's get back to the 24-hour listener line. 888-99-CHART is our number. Hey, guys. This is Kent from New Jersey. Just want to get your opinion on stock ROL uh, that I believe is Orkin, um, or more popularly known as Orkin. I'm looking to build uh, part of my portfolio into something that's a little bit more recession slash volatility proof, and I feel like it's a steady company, and it also you know, doesn't have the ability to uh, resist volatility because of the fact that no matter where you go, anytime... People are going to want to get rid of pests because of the fact they want to protect their homes. Um, so even if the market's down, people want to get rid of the pests because the pests that are there are probably going to do more damage than good. So I want to get your opinion on that. And then is there any other stocks that you guys consider something that could be uh, volatility-proof or recession-proof in that sense of people will always kind of need their services? I'm looking just to put some money aside just to be more careful and you know just balance out my risk a little bit more. Thanks for the advice. I'll be listening on the podcast. Bye. And that's Rollins, Rollins Inc. Rollins Inc. R O L L I N E S. And they provide pest and termite control services to residential and commercial customers internationally. So, and you mentioned Orkin. Well, that might be one of the divisions of this company. You know, um, because I've seen Orkin on the street and you know, I've seen them advertise it. But so the, this, the R O L, though, is probably the parent company. That's what I'm assuming. And since you gave me ROL as a symbol to look up, that's what I did. And so let's talk about ROL. It's a 10, almost $11 billion company. So it's a big cap company. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've just been informed I, I am correct that it is, you know, uh, ROL, Rollins, and Orkins a division. Anyways, they're going to make a dollar seven this year per share at a dollar twenty-one, and the stock is a fifty-dollar stock. That should tell you right there, expensive. It's growing in sales eight nine percent, too expensive. That should that's what that tells you. You will be overpaying for the stock. Okay, it's five-year PE ranges twenty-nine to fifty-eight, and that's a very high range for a company only growing eight nine percent. Uh, it's, I, I'm telling you, this is not a company that I would be comfortable owning. Management owns over 50% of the stock, which is a really good sign, but, man, that's expensive. And, you know, it's only paying 1.1%. So, uh, I I would not buy it. I would not. It's too it's too pricey. I would wait till it comes way down. I mean, I you know, it'd have to get down to, like, minimum $40 area before I would consider it. And that's a big fall. That's 20% plus down. So, uh, this is, I, I look elsewhere. I would. The future prospects for the company is good, but I still would look elsewhere. Market update forecast, special watch lists, a list of real estate investment trusts, a list of ETFs that short the market, chart lessons, special investing, info sheets, helping you manage portfolios when you're nearing retirement or investing for income, and, of course, an entire library of our wealth webinars, one of which we'll be doing uh, at the end of this month, and it will be also available. All of them are available, all of them, if you're an InvestTalk insider. So all you do, and, and it's free to become an insider. You get it free. Visit InvestTalk.com and click on the InvestTalk tab. Do you have questions about college savings plans? The new tax bill stops the Coverdale program, but both Series 1 savings bonds and Section 529 college savings plans offer tax-advantaged ways to save for college. Ask your question about college savings plans, if you'd like, at 888-99-CHART. Jay Freeman, how you doing, Jay? I'm fine, Steve. Uh, Steve, I have a question on ticker TAP. Uh, TAP is uh, falling oh, yeah. down quite a lot, and I uh, wanted to know if it's a good good time to buy now. Thank you so much. Yeah, TAP, everybody, is uh, uh, it's a beer company, manufactures beer. It's Molson Coors, Coors, Molson Coors Brewing Company, okay? And, of course, it's a $12 billion company, so it's a big, a big cap. Manufactures beer primarily sold under the Coors Light, uh, Carling, Keystone, Filsner, and Molson brands. And they got beat up on its earnings report. I mean, it wasn't like it was a terrible earnings report. It just was below expectation. No one liked it. And so now the question is, is it a good price? Okay, they're going to make $4.90 this year. That's up 11% from last year. And they're going to make $5.15 next year. That's up another 5% per share. But sales fell 5% in the most recent quarter. That's why they got beat up. Sales fell for the first time in like seven or eight quarters. So beer demand was went down. And that bothered everybody, of course. And the stock was already falling, and this really tainted from $71 down to $60 in one day. 
when the earnings report came out. So now that was like two weeks ago. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, about two weeks ago. And it's still around $60.26. So it's, it's trying to find a bottom. It's trying to see if this is the bottom it's going to be. Now, it's a $60 stock going to make $5.50. So that's a 12 PE. And Jay, the five-year range of the 12 PE, of the PE is 12 to 35. So it's at the very low of its range. Okay? And you get 2.7% dividend, and that's probably very secure. Cash flow is huge at $9.04 a share. So the there's not going to be any problem meeting that dividend yield, and they probably could bump it if they want to. Uh, so, yes, this would be the price that looks pretty attractive, Jay. I would wait, though. I would not be in a rush. You want to see some strength come back into the stock before you buy it. And I would read that earnings report and see if that sales of 5% decrease in sales, is that kind of just a one-time thing? Or are they, have a, are they having systemic problems of some kind with their sales or beer demand? Uh, leaving Coors because people are drinking more specialty beers? What's going on there? And that's the concern I would have, but this is a good price. Jay, thanks right, for the thank call. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's go to Shutio in Fremont. How you doing, Shutio? Hey, hi, uh, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, thank you. Can, you. can you take a look at uh, U.S. Steel? U.S. Uh, United States more, Steel Corporation. Yeah. Okay. And the symbol is X. Manufactures flat rolled and tubular steel products for the automotive container construction and appliance markets. So it's a very cyclical stock, meaning that they make a lot of money when the economy is doing great and they don't make any money when we're in recession. That's kind of what happened. Now, the good thing about U.S. Steel, you know, with... President Trump, you know, uh, putting on tariffs and really being pro-American, uh, pro-American, you, you probably have a good outlook for these kinds of stocks that benefit with uh, from having tariffs on foreign products because they've been under such a tremendous amount of pressure of competition from cheap foreign imports that now they may not have as much competition. They finally might be able to make more and more money. Now, this company is going to make $5.13 this year. And it's going to make $5.26 next year. And it's a $37 stock. So, that tells you it's really inexpensive. Really inexpensive. I mean, we're talking about under, what, 3, 5, 6 PE? 6, 7 PE? 7 PE. Seven. What's the range? Five to eighty-three. I think it's a good place to buy it. Shuti, Shutil. I do. Okay. Uh, they don't pay much a dividend. Thank you. Uh, I, 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 I thank you for the call. I just think it's cheap. I think it's un inexpensive, and you have a president that's going to be uh, supporting these kind of industries, which we haven't had before. Any president. I'm not talking about Democrat or Republican. I'm talking about both. Um, so I kind of think that this would benefit U.S. Steel. I do. 888-99-CHART. So uh, uh, there's four companies that are threatening to be their first trillion-dollar company. 
Can you guess which ones those are? Four. The first one, the closest one, is Apple. You probably could have guessed that. It's at $925 billion. Okay? $925 billion. You do realize that's bigger than many countries in the world? Probably the majority. This one company is big. All four of these companies are probably bigger than the majority of the countries in the world. So it's Apple. Apple is number one. Amazon at $770 billion is number two. Google at $752 is number three. And the fourth is the one I like the most out of all these. I like Apple. I like Amazon. I like Google. Uh, but I like Microsoft the best at $746 billion. Why do I like Microsoft the best? Because I like their LinkedIn uh, asset. I like they are now the uh, leader in, in uh, cloud servers. I like their Office 365 cycle that's coming up. And I, I, I just think Microsoft has a very good shot in the next 12 months to get to a trillion dollar level. I just think they're growing pretty fast, 15% or so, and it's accelerating. I don't know, but it could be Apple. I mean, I, yeah, I love Apple. We own Apple in our managed accounts. I mean, I do like it. It's not that I don't like it. I like all, all four of these. I think all four of these should be in your portfolio. I do. Now, the question is, is uh, where should you buy them? Because, I mean, Google's pretty expensive. Amazon's pretty expensive. All of them are pretty expensive. I mean, they're, none of them are cheap at this point. But they are good, solid companies. And one of those four is going to be the first trillion-dollar company. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART is our number. You can call right now. Uh, the the market was down today. Now, I don't I don't know. The market has been up. The last couple of weeks has been generally up. It's only had two two down days, okay, in like two weeks. Today was down, the Dow down 55, the NASDAQ down 16, and the S&P 500 down 2. Now, I don't think that's much to do about anything. I don't think it's something you need to worry about. Market being down, what you're seeing, you're going to see this. I think the market is still going to continue to be choppy. Choppy. And I think we're going to have to live with that through most of the summer or all the summer. Now, that means you get ready to buy stocks when they're cheap. A choppy market is a stock picker's market. You'll get opportunities. Now, no need to wait any longer. Time is of the essence. We're going into our final segment of the hour. So get your money questions to me. 888-99-CHART is my number. And we are taking calls right now. Let's get back to your calls on Invest Talk for this Thursday, May 17th. Companies are borrowing to stay competitive, and this is adding cash flow stress to their balance sheets. So could there be trouble ahead for your energy, telecom, and retail stocks? That's tomorrow. You have a question for Steve today. 888-99-CHART is how to reach him right now. Hi, guys. I'm calling in to get your thoughts on a stock, Nectar Therapeutics, and KTR. I currently 
owns some shares, but wanted to see if it is time to sell or continue to hold. Thanks for your opinion, and I'll be listening for your answer on your show. Okay, this stock back uh, last August where it bottomed, it was around, uh, what, $15 a share? Got all the way up to 110 and today it's at 80 <coughs> Excuse me. Develops uh, this Nectar th- Therapeutics, uh, NKTR, develops products based on proprietary drug delivery technologies through packs with pharmaceutical and biotech firms. They, their earnings are very erratic. As a matter of fact, they haven't made money for a long time, but they're going to make money this year, $3.16. But next year, they're going to lose $1.31. So I would say, yeah, time to sell. They don't. Their earnings are very erratic, and it's too scary. I would, I would, not, I would not own this stock. And it's a $13.5 billion company, but it only does... They did $38 million in sales last quarter. That's nothing. The quarter before that, they did $95 million. The quarter before that, $152 million. The quarter before that, $34 million. And it did like $34, $35, 36000000 million for four quarters before that. Way, uh, this, is, this is overpriced. The stock is way overpriced. Okay? It's way overpriced. So I would take my, if I have profits, I'd take them and run. Let's go to John in San Jose. He wants to talk about Cisco. How you doing, John? I'm on top of the world. Um, I shorted Cisco a few days ago, I think three days ago. Um, the high, I believe, was 45.36. I shorted it at 45.31. Today, I dropped $1.70 something. And I have my yep. profit exit uh, at about 41 even. And I was seeing if that was... Um, uh, too tight, or uh, is that a good place to get out at $41? There, the, No, it's a pretty good price. It looks like there's support right around $40 on the stock. So 41 is probably a good price. Everybody, this is uh, he, he shorted the stock. That means he felt that it would go down, and Cisco had earnings come out overnight, and they weren't as good as expected. They weren't bad, John. They just weren't as good as expected. And so the stock right. took well, a hit. I, I, re- I remember uh, when I first started trading about 10 years ago, uh, Warren Buffett was being interviewed, and uh, the uh, lady asked him if, uh, what piece of advice uh, he would give new, uh, new investors of his secret uh, to success. And without hesitation, Warren Buffett said, I never got out at the top. He didn't, squeeze the, he didn't right. try to squeeze that last drop out of the, out of the juice. <laughs> No, because so he can't. To he get can't out get forty-one uh, right in that area. No, I think forty-one is pretty good, um, and that would be the area I would probably consider getting out. The next one below that, just so you know, is about thirty-nine. So right. thirty-nine forty is where it's going to find a lot of support. Thirty-nine forty. So forty-one is just as good as a good area to get out and just take it and be happy. Okay, that's what I think. I agree with you, John. Sis, Thank okay. you very much. Th- thanks for the call. Cisco, CSCO, Cisco Systems. It's a huge company, $209 billion company, manufactures switches, routers. Network. It's a good, solid company. Makes lots of money. Has made money all the time, but it's gotten ahead of itself in price. 
Now, you'll find this five-year pre-E range is, uh, is uh, 10 to 19, and even after this fall today, it's still 18 PE. So it was at 19 PE before today. So it's right at the top. And, you know, even though the PE range is lower than other companies, remember, each company has its own PE range. Each sector has its own. Each industry has its own PE range. And you got to compare them with itself and with its sector, not the overall market. Okay? The overall market, the S&P 500 PE average is around 15. Okay? How long has it been since you've had a portfolio review, everybody? I'm sorry, it's time to close up for the day. But I'm going to be in San Jose next month to offer individual retirement reviews. To set up a time, just go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com, two T's, and click on the Invest Talk tab, then Portfolio Review. The date, again, is San Jose, is June 6th. So take advantage of the opportunity now, if you can. Time to end the hour, everybody. I'm sorry. I wish I could talk to more, but we can't. I'm Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Justin Klein and I, thank you for making us part of your day. And we'll do this again tomorrow on Friday. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.